Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Certified Sports Girl Podcast. I'm Avery Bales. And I'm Andrew Kiever. And today we are going to be talking about, as the usual, scores around the ACC, and then we're going to go into some of the basketball games that went on this past week um, for the Tar Heels. Um, then we'll round it up with UNC Women's Basketball, and then we'll go into the John Wall-Tyler Hansborough altercation, and then we'll finish it off with some Ian Jackson recruitment, and we have a fun little list at the end. All right. Shot clock down to 12. Love, guarded by Fields, gets a screen, pulls up for three. All right, so first up for our scores around the ACC, we have Virginia coming away with the win against FSU, 67-58, to and Armand Franklin had 20 points and 7 rebounds. NC State wins against Miami in overtime. Um, this game was at State. Uh, it was a pretty big game considering Miami was ranked at the time, and they're still ranked now, but... State comes up with a big one. State's on a four-game win streak. They're looking hot. They won 83-81 with T.J. Burns Jr. with 13 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. Some people say after this game, NC State should be seeing the top 25. I honestly kind of agree with them. Uh, sadly, I might have to agree with them too, even though we don't like State too much, but I have to give respect when it's due. Um, and then next up, Clemson comes out with a win against Duke, which, I mean, we all know Duke hasn't been doing the best this season, but either way, Clemson's been taking a real big storm at the top of the ACC. Um, they won 72-64, and P.J. Hall of Clemson puts up 26 points to lead them to the statement win. And back to another school that UNC plays soon on in February, Pittsburgh wins against Georgia Tech. Um, they're back to their winning ways. They dropped a couple games in the past few weeks, but now they're back. Um, they won 71-60 to with Nick Simbande with 21 points and 6 rebounds. And then next up, we have Syracuse and Notre Dame. Um, both of these teams are kind of like, eh, so it's not that big of a game. But Syracuse comes away with the win, 78-73, to and Chris Bell came away with 17 points. Before UNC beat Boston College, Wake Forest also beat Boston College 85-63. to Aaron Carr had 21 points and 13 rebounds. It's good to see Wake Forest um, coming back and winning after the Carolina game and beating Boston College. Um, yeah. And then next up, uh, Miami and Syracuse. Uh, Miami, like Andrew said earlier, they are ranked currently. Um, they took this win 82-78, which is a little bit closer than I would have thought. Um, but Orchid Omir comes away with 16 points and 16 rebounds. Perfect little double-double. Um, NC State beats Georgia Tech 78-66. Turquavion Smith with 25 points. Like I said before, a cheeky little four-game win streak before... State comes to play Carolina this Saturday. And then next up, we have FSU and Notre Dame. Um, Darren Green Jr. came away with 20 points, and FSU won 84 to... 77. Uh, yeah, 77. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, and then... Oh, the next one is one that is... Interesting to me. Wake Forest actually hands Clemson their first conference loss of the season, 87 to 77. Um, if this wasn't something as a, it, it was a statement win for Wake Forest. Um, and back to that Notre Dame score is actually to 71. It was 80. 
84, I mean, sorry, 84 to 71. Sorry about that. That was technical difficulties. But yeah, and so Wake Forest handed Clemson their first loss of the season. Uh, Tyree Appleby came away with 24 points. This was at Wake Forest. It was a great win for Wake Forest at home. Um, Virginia beats Virginia Tech in their rivalry game, 78 to 68. Kihei Clark with 20 points. It's it's great to see Kihei Clark play like that. I mean, he is a national champion after all. Um, it's good to see Virginia win against their rival. Um, and then next up, Pete, Pitt, Pete, Pitt came away with a win against Louisville, 75 to 54, which is a big win and uh greg elliott came away with 23 points but i mean it is against louisville and as we all know louisville is doing pretty bad this season so not that big of a margin isn't surprising me too much you must have pete davidson i mean pete nance on your mind pete nance yeah you said pete instead of pitt oh yeah i always duh pete nance is one of the best not one let me stop not one of the best out there but we are definitely excited to have him back he did play in the boston college game super happy about that super excited to see him in uniform um but i want to talk a little bit about the acc standings because i still find it kind of interesting how clemson's taken over the top and big schools like duke are in the middle yeah, well, Duke really needs this game against Miami this weekend in order to um, still be competing for the top of the ACC. As we as it is right now, Clemson's seven and one with Miami being six and two and Virginia being six and two, and it's really a a, a battle for the ACC standings right now. Um, pretty much everyone is six and two or five and three, and Clemson's at the top right now with seven and one, but. That might not stay forever. Yeah, my as 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 I just said, Wake Forest just handed them their first conference loss of the season. So as they go into conference play, I can imagine they're going to see some harder games to as win. As they see some more blue buds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but super surprised. Duke is at what? Four and three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That see that's <laughs> they're down there with Florida State. I mean, we're only one win above them. But if we can pass NC State, <coughs> then we'll be looking for. A share of the ACC title, at least. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very good game this weekend between us and NC State. Definitely one that's going to be a watch. It needs a it, m- it might be a must win. Some might it, say. Uh, I I think it's a must win. I mean, to keep our little tower over NC State and to get over them in the rankings. To keep our streak alive as well. We are exactly. We're on a win streak right now. Exactly. Um. So next up, we are going to talk about the UNC and Louisville game. Um, UNC came out in this game, and they started out a little sloppy. Louisville Louisville had an early lead. I think their lead even got up to eight points, and it was in it was at Louisville. So it is a the the KFC Yum Center is a real hard place to play. Mm-hmm, it is. I could just tell. Like when I was watching it, it just looked like it was tough. But um, UNC UNC ends up winning this one, eighty to fifty nine. It ends up being a good game. Um, Baycott has. Daycock comes back and plays some great minutes. He had 14 points, another double-double, 16 rebounds. Puff Johnson had some great minutes. He had 12 points. I mean, pretty much around the board, UNC players played good. Caleb Love still in his shooting slump, shooting 3 for 14 from the field. Oof. It's, that's rough. And R.J. Davis with a, an efficient stat line of 4 from 7 from the field. I really like him playing recently. Yeah, RJ RJ's definitely stepping up to where Caleb is just lacking a little bit right now. And Hubert was talking about Caleb, I believe, and was talking about how he's in this little slump, but he was just kind of reminding everyone, everyone gets in those little slumps. It's bound to happen, and he's just got to pick his way out of it. 
One surprising leading scorer for this game was DeMarco Dunn for mm-hmm. UNC. He, he came off and had an amazing game. I just like how sometimes when our, Baycott goes up and like tries to get a rebound and then the Louisville player, for instance, got it, DeMarco Dunn came in and just stole it from him right away. It was, <laughs> it was an awesome play, and I, I love DeMarco Dunn's um, offensive rebounding, even though... He's a really small guy, and you can tell he really has the effort, and he really like wants to be out there. Yeah, I, I can tell every time he's out there, he's got that hustle in him, and he's putting 100% out there. So, um, we came away with that win. The final score is 80 to 59, which I feel like the win could have been a little bigger, but I'm not gonna complain. Um, oh, of course not. <laughs> but Louisville stays at two and 16, which is a uh, pretty. Pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Pretty terrible. If we would have lost to them, uh, I wouldn't even know what to say at that point. I mean, Lenore Ryan beat Louisville, so. They did? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That is <laughs> bad. Um, but it was kind of close there at the start, which was kind of scaring me, but we finally kind of got away from them a little by, bit. By halftime, it wasn't, it wasn't even close. Yeah. It was just in the first half. I was getting nervous. Then we end up winning by... Um, 21, so pretty good game, I would say. Pretty good game. Um, and so next up, we have UNC versus Boston College. And with this game, so, um, for y'all who don't know, as a student, you can either stand in the risers, which is like the student section where you stand the whole time, like right by the court, and then you can also sit in a seat. And my friend chose us in the risers, and so we were, like, right there. But, of course, the place where we were, first of all, I'm 5'2", like I've said before. I was behind a girl who was, like, 5'10". Barely could see. I was looking at the TV screens the whole time. And um, we were also kind of behind the goalpost. But it's definitely cool, though, to be down there that close and to kind of be able to, like, observe things. Like, you just kind of, like, don't really realize how big these dudes are. Yeah, they're they're huge. Like I was looking at Pete Nance, I was like, oh gosh, this dude's huge. But um, sadly, Jalen Washington was out this game with a sprained ankle. Um, definitely, this one hurts. I've been really excited for Jalen recently. He's been doing really well, getting some playing time. Um, but Pete Nance was dressed and ready to go, and he started, so that was a good sign. I've loved seeing Jalen Washington play over these past couple um, games. It was sad to see him not playing in this game when I was. There, I re- I didn't realize that Jalen Washington had a sprained ankle, so I didn't even realize he wasn't playing. So I thought Hebrew just wasn't playing him. I was relieved when I heard that he had a sp- well, I guess not relieved, but I enjoyed that Hebert wasn't benching him for Pete Nance. Yeah. Necessarily. I, I believe I got, I noticed when we were down there in the risers, I was like, Jalen Washington isn't out there. I was like, where is he? Where is he? I, where's Jalen? And then the news came out that he was uh, injured for this game, so... But um, this game, it was it was a pretty good game, I'd say. I mean, Boston College is a good competitor. They did beat Duke, so I think they were they were close to Duke. They didn't beat Duke. Oh yeah, it was, close it was to a Duke. Very sorry. close game. Yeah. But Boston College was close down the stretch with us. Uh, it was kind of at some points it was tough watching because it felt like our for a stretch there was like seven points from Boston College where we just couldn't get a stop. Our defense yeah. couldn't do anything. Two other statistics that I I think were very important in this game were our free throw percentage and our turnovers. We had 12 turnovers this game, Mm. which is very sloppy, and it continues to, like, prove what we've known all season is that this team needs to get better at turning the ball over. And an uncharacteristic night shooting 58% from the free throw line. Mm. 
especially at home. I mean, there's there's really no excuse for that. Yeah. I I don't know. It's it's tough. It is. It is very tough. Um, but another thing I what I saw from this game is I don't know if they showed this in the cameras too much, but Armando is going against number twelve. I don't know his first name, but Post. Post. He was a bucket. He he was. I mean, him and Armando were going at it so bad, and then when he fouled out, everyone was like screaming. They're like, "Bye!" Everyone, and everyone cheered. Everyone knew the game was over at that point. Yeah. I mean, he was. They were going at it though. It was. I got kind of concerning at some points. So it was a good clash. It was. It was a good, very good clash. Post had tw- Post had uh, 17 points, shooting 7 for 11 from the field. He was, when um, my roommate and I sat together at the game, and every time Post would go make a move, my, my roommate would say, that guy's going to the league. <laughs> of course he would say that. Just, that does not fall out of character. Um some other things. Oh, another thing from this game that I don't know if they showed this on TV or not, but they did this little segment where, for those of you who don't know, Bo May, who is related to Drake May and Luke May, he actually walked on to the basketball team this year. And um, so Luke and Mark, which is their father, and Drake, they were all sitting together, and they put the cameras on them. And when they said Luke May, you know, under it where they say, like, who he is, they said Drake May's brother. (laughs) And then when they went to Drake May, they put under it Luke May's brother. And then they showed all of them, and they said Bo May's brothers. And it was, it was, I I was laughing. I thought it was funny, because they, um, they're actually from my hometown. So I kind of like to say they're the hometown hero, you could say. But um, I thought that segment was pretty funny. Carolina royalty, all all of them, mm-hmm. every single every one. single one of them. I when I figured out um, Bo May was able to walk on, I was so happy. But I can't imagine being the fourth brother. He went to Florida for uh, baseball. He is a national champion, but either way, the one kid who didn't go to UNC and play sports there, it's got to be tough. Yeah, I mean he's still successful in his own regard. He is still like, successful, but I know Mark May is kind of like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um. Do we have anything else to say about this game? Um, I mean, I have a couple other points. Really, turnovers even made this game close to begin with. I mean, really, we shouldn't. Boston College is eight eleven on the season. They're not the best of teams. It shouldn't have even been close down the stretch. And at one point, they were within one within with six minutes left in the second half. Um, Caleb Love is shooting still abysmal. I mean. He needs to somehow get back to his old form. I thought Leaky played a great game. He he looks so good. I just I remember freshman year when he couldn't do a thing. Like his shooting was bad and he I guess he was still good at defense, but he is so, he's grown so much. One one piece of one piece that I would like to add to that though is he should like go towards the basket instead of fading away every single time. I don't know. That that's just one that's just one thing. Um, it was great to see Pete Nance back, and it was a good win overall. We needed it. It was a must-have. Yeah, we definitely did need this win. It was it was a really good win to experience too. Um, oh, Caleb's dunk. Oh, that, that was impressed me. That and I that completely reminded me of JP Tokido's dunk against Duke, where he did the backwards dunk, and <laughs> he Caleb did it right by the student section. So you know everyone went crazy. That that dunk it. I was like, oh. There's Caleb Love. Caleb Love, ex- Caleb Love experience. He had to be good this one game. Um, but no, that that dunk definitely, that that it was it was good. It was very good. Impressive. It was very impressive. Um, 
Anything else to say about this? I don't think so. I think we can move on to women's basketball. All right, so moving on to women's. Obviously, for those of you who keep up with women's basketball, you would have seen that our basketball team, our women's basketball team has been doing very well. I mean, currently they're 22 in the rankings, but I believe they should be higher. Um, so this week they played Virginia, and they won 70-59. to Kennedy Todd-Williams had 21 points, and Deja Kelly also had 21 points. Um I didn't have the opportunity to watch this game, but I did watch the NC State game. Such a big win. I mean, NC State's ranked 11th, and you could consider it a rivalry game, I guess. But NC State women's basketball has always been one of the top contenders in the ACC. Um, Kennedy Todd-Williams, once again, she comes in with 15 points. Uh, and Alyssa Utsby almost hits a double-double with 18 rebounds and 9 points. But let's go back to the 18 one eight rebounds that was actually her career high rebounds and you know when I watch my dad remind me of this when I'm watching Alyssa play all I see in her is Tyler Hansborough I mean she rebound when you talk about the rebound machine that is Alyssa Alyssa Usby I mean 18 rebounds is just I feel like that's incredible for any player no matter the gender I mean and Usby I believe she's about 6'1 or 6'2, and she's kind of undersized in women's basketball. So the fact that she's still able to get rebounds is amazing. Um, But, yeah, that win over NC State was a big win. And then Paulina Paris, the freshman, continues to show her strengths. She put up eight points and played about 20 minutes. Um, And then next up, last night, we played against Duke, and this was an electric game, completely electric game. It was the... I think it was the most attendance they've ever had in Carmichael for a women's basketball game. Wow. It was, That's big. yeah, it was, it was the most attendance they had had. Um, Cause I think people are finally recognized our women's basketball team is actually good. They're them. <laughs> they are them. And four, four game win streak with three of the teams being ranked in the top 20. That's I mean, wild. yeah. And I, I credit this all to Courtney Banghart ever since she's came in as a coach, she's done a phenomenal job. I love Courtney. Um, but some of our top, top scores in the Duke game, um, Deja Kelly with 19 points, and then Alyssa Usby with 16 points. And, of course, I've mentioned her before, Kennedy Todd-Williams once again comes in with 13 points. So, great game played by our women's team. They were able to beat the rival even when they're ranked. Um, and now we, we did move up in the rankings to 17. But, I mean, we beat number 11 and number 13 and number, number four. four. So, I think we're still kind of getting underdogged a little bit i mean i know you can't that's a big jump in the rankings as it is we're getting punked yeah it's still they've been playing incredible super excited to see um how it plays out and i mean i could say they have some if they keep this up they have good chances for march madness yeah they make a deep run deja kelly hit a dagger against duke with like 40 seconds left to kind of ice the game away really i mean it was a great shot she hit yeah, I mean, it was that was just a phenomenal game. It was a great game. Um, so down, like, down the Devils. Yeah, exactly. So a huge shout out to our women's team because who knows if we'll be able to beat Duke. So um, <laughs> huge shout out to them for doing it. They came through with it. <laughs> um, so super proud of them. Uh, definitely, like I said, if you don't watch women's basketball. Like, you got to watch this UNC, UNC team. There is truly something special about them. They beat some great opponents over the past few weeks, and I'm just super excited to see how this plays out. Um, speaking of your comparison to Tyler Hansborough, a recent um, story has broken out among the college basketball community. Um, on Theo Pinson's podcast, John Wall came in and said that Tyler Hansborough 
um, not talking him to him or saying that he does not talk to recruits when John Wall introduced himself to him made it so that he did not commit to the University of North Carolina. Um, I watched the podcast of Tyler Hansberg's response to this, and honestly, I think that John Wall fabricated his response. I don't know why he would make it up, but the timeline just doesn't really fit. And another thing is when I was reading when I was reading an article about this, um, John Wall used a lot of um, cuss words. He he was literally saying that like Tyler Hansborough was like get the f out of my face and like all of this stuff. And I I that's like he's probably he had to have fabricated it. I think Roy Williams would never let that happen. Exactly. And one of Tyler Hansborough's responses was Roy was gonna make him run if he ever tried to big time a recruit. Another thing is. Um, John Wall mentioned that it was during his national, like after he had won a national championship. So the t- the only time that before John Wall's commitment in, I think it was he committed in May, and we had finished the national championship in April. So there was a very limited window where John Wall could have even visited North Carolina in a closed practice. There's no football games or anything. Yeah. There's no more basketball games. So. It's just seeming a little bit um, false. Yeah, I, I don't know if I believe him, but um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll keep seeing how it unfolds because it's still, I mean, actively going on. It's, even an, though, it's an active story. Even though Tyler Hansborough denied it, I mean, it's still people are talking about it. It's a big thing going on right now. But like I said, I just don't think, like you said, Roy, if Roy knew about that, I think he would have benched Tyler Hansborough. <laughs> like, Roy is not a kind of coach to deal with that kind of stuff. I mean, Roy, also another thing about Roy, we've known this, he doesn't really care about the five stars. I mean, he does, obviously, yeah. care about the five stars. But we've always been that team that goes for the four-star, three-stars, and Roy develops them as players to make them five stars. And that that doesn't mean that we don't get five stars. Because, yes, oh, we, we, we get five stars. We get five stars, but I'm just saying... I don't think Roy likes to look at that so much as a coach. The developmental part is another aspect of Carolina basketball's identity. Yes, and I mean, if John Wall is saying all of this now, when did that happen? Fifteen years ago? Ten years ago. Ten years ago? I mean, if that really happened, you would have thought he would have said it when it happened. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see it, but I guess it could be true. But it, it really just continues this narrative that about what if players that could have gone to Carolina, John Wall, Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. I mean there's so many um J.R. Smith, we could we could have so many great current <laughs> NBA players on the UNC team. And some of them said they would even go to Carolina if they had the, if they had to or like given the choice. Um, yeah, and so um, next up, we are going to talk about our, um, the recent commitment. Ian Jackson commits for class of 2024. Man, this class is stacked. This yeah, is stacked. He joins Elliot Cadeau, James Brown, and Drake Powell and brings up our class rank to number one. Yes, our class rank is now number one. Um, it's going to be a great team with all of them. I mean, and we flipped Ian Jackson from Kentucky, so I think Huber is really showing off how he can he's, – he's getting into the groove of coaching, I feel like. His second year of coaching, he's really trying to dig into recruits and his current team. So, In the past couple of recruits, Hubert has shown that he can out-recruit the, the Blue Bloods. I mean, just in this class, 
James Brown had Duke offer. Elite Cadeau had a very committable Kansas offer. And um, Ian Jackson was basically a Kentucky lock for a while there. He was, yeah. I mean, it flipped. The crystal ball flipped in, like, one day, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it was literally, what, 90% Kentucky? Something like that? 99%. 99% Kentucky, and then Huber was able to flip him, so. Yeah. Um, he He's joining a stat class. Um, he is the second highest ranked recruit besides Harrison Barnes in Carolina history. He passes Cole Anthony. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's... He's a bucket. But, see, as as I was saying earlier, I like how UNC has a developmental aspect. So when we do get big recruits like this, it kind of scares me that we're going to fall into that pattern that Duke has fallen into, the one-and-done. And Kentucky, that one-and-done pattern. I mean, because, I mean, when, when stuff like that happens, it's a whole new team every year. And it's so hard to create that chemistry. Yeah. I, it's, hard to, it's hard to do that. I mean, you can see with Coach Cal, he's not even in the – He's a bubble boy right now. He's not even in, like, many bracketologies. Don't even think he's in the tournament. So, Cal's done. I'm sure John Shire would be done pretty soon. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, definitely excited to have a top-ranked recruit class, but it kind of scares me a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little iffy, but we'll take take them. We will take them. Last week said before, no complaints, but it is a little bit scary on, like, how... It's going to age, you know what I'm saying? I mean, who knows? Maybe these guys will stay for some years. I think I think um, Ian Jackson will not stay. Yeah. James Brown will probably stay. Drake Powell will probably stay. And Elliot Cadeau is really iffy. Yeah. I. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I can. I think. I. Th- I think. I don't think he would stay all four years. We may get two out of them. Elliot Cadeau. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think. I think, I, th- so. I think two is a good even that we could call that one at. Cause I, I feel, I feel like he wouldn't. Cause I mean, and also with all these other, with James Brown and Drake Powell and Ian Jackson all going. I mean, I think. I don't know. We also have to look at Simeon Welcher in the the twenty twenty three class and R J Davis. I think Caleb Love will probably go to the league after this year. I mean, if he starts shooting well, but. R.J. Davis will have at least another year or two. Yeah, with that, so, that COVID year gets them far. Plus, I mean, Seth, plus Seth Tremble this year. That is true, yeah. We're going to have some pretty stacked point guard classes coming from the next couple years. Does Armando have one more year left, or is this his last? I'm not sure. I was thinking about that. I, I think he has a COVID I year left. I think he does have a COVID year left, too. I don't know if... Ah, what do you think? Do you think he'll go? I don't see an NBA team taking him. I could see him going overseas probably, but he might just stay and get paid another year, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he makes bank in NIL. I mean, NIL has saved him. He drives around a blue Audi around campus. <laughs> I've seen him in, like, a G-Wagon before. So. <laughs> a G-Wagon? Does he have multiple cars? I think he has multiple cars. I'm not see, sure. See, for, I mean, for a college kid, he's, what, 21, 22 maybe? I mean, that's the NIL is saving these kids right now. He's making so much money. It's ridiculous. And Caleb loves over here driving, like, a Nissan Altima. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is going to be interesting to see what Armando decides to do at the end of this year. I mean, of course, obviously, we hope that he stays. Um, but there's always that risk of if he stays another year. Well, if he doesn't perform as well as he's been performing, but yeah. I don't know. He's he's a great college basketball player. Like Andrew said, I don't know if he could perform in the NBA, but we're always going to have hope. Yeah, we're always going to have hope. 
always gonna have hope in our boys. Caleb Love ain't I don't think he, I, I, man. <laughs> I wonder what the NBA drafts people are saying about him nowadays. Because, come on, like, I'm trying to think of someone, I, I can't even compare him to, like, Kobe White. He was not, he's not as good as Kobe White, I feel like. He, uh, he he's just. So inconsistent. Ugh, yeah. And I feel like NBA teams don't really take inconsistency. Plus, at in the NBA level, he's probably going to have to be a one. Because he's not the biggest guy in the world, he he could I guess he could play the two, but he he's gonna be a ball handler, and UNC really doesn't have him as a ball handler position. He's the two. Yeah, so definitely gonna be interesting. But like you said about Seth Trimble with him being there, it's gonna be an interesting next couple of years in Carolina basketball. It is. There's gonna be a lot of interesting things going on. Um, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited too. I'm excited. I think we we got something going for us here. I think. Yeah, we do. But the one thing I hated about this season was the fact that everyone named it the Redemption Tour because yeah. that just set us up for failure. Because <laughs> I mean, when we lost to Villanova, and no one really expected us to yeah, come back yeah. and win that championship. And I think that's why we did it almost because we were the underdog. Exactly. I mean, after we had Marcus, Page, and Bryce Johnson leave, no one thought... I mean, obviously, they thought we were going to be good, as we saw Joel Berry. Um, Justin Jackson. And, yeah, Justin Jackson, Theo, Theo Pinson, and all of them. Kenny but Meeks. Still a great team, but everyone knew Marcus and Bryce were... Big, big components of that team. I mean, that, that shot Marcus put off against Villanova was... Just tells you all you need to know about him, I feel like. Disgusting. It was it was a dagger. I was so mad when they came. Oh, that game pisses me off to this day. Um, There's Jenkins in our mind. Always in our minds. But, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how March Madness does play out with this team. Because I feel like if we continue this inconsistency, it's it's going to hurt us. This team could either lose first round by 30 or they could go all the way to the national championship again. And <laughs> There's I, no in between. <laughs> I really don't know which one it will be. There's literally no in between whatsoever, I feel like. Um, but we'll see. That's still a month, still, month and a half away. Still, still a long ways away yeah. from that. But, um, so to finish off this episode, our segment for today is going to be top UNC Jordans. Me and Andrew are both pretty big shoe people. Um, I own three UNC Jordans. I think, Andrew, do you have more than me? I have three, too. Oh, okay. So we're even. Um, obviously, if I wasn't a broke college student, I think I would have all of them. <laughs> but part of my issue, you know, I don't got the money. Um, but my collection's nothing too crazy. Andrew's is a little better than mine. My favorite shoe in my collection is definitely my UNC retro. Fours. Yeah, and I definitely like my retro ones. Yeah, I want. Oh, it makes me so mad that Andrew. I want the retro ones so bad. They're <laughs> so expensive, though. It's crazy. Um, but so let's rank our top UNC Jordans. So I, we're only gonna do five, I think. Yeah, five. Um, and we're gonna go lowest to highest. Yeah, lowest highest. We'll go lowest highest. So at number five, um, we put the Elevens at number five. Yeah. I I say. <sighs> Low or highs? What do you think? I so I like the look of the lows, but I I also like the Carolina basketball players wearing them in the highs. Yeah, I feel like both are a great. They, you, they, you like the blue ones or the white ones better? I don't. That's such a hard choice. I I I have to go white. White looks cleaner to me. I, white looks does does look really clean. I like and on the basketball court especially. I mean, white looks phenomenal, but. Next yeah. up, next up we have at number four we have the obsidians. Oh, I love the a good obsidians. Ones. I love obsidians. Um, they're they're a beautiful shoe, honestly. And that's probably the next shoe I'm 
gonna try to get in my collection. Yeah, I'd I'd like an obsidians. My friend had a pair, and we were the same size, so I steal them from her quite often. Um, shout out Sophia, but uh, I definitely need a pair for myself. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, and then at number three, we have the Jordan One Low UNCs. Such a classic. I have this shoe in my collection. It's just such classic. And but people, aka Andrew, always miss like. They always think they're dunks, but they're not dunks. They are what, Andrew? They're lows. They're Jordan 1 lows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that shoe. I mean, I, that's one I wear a lot. Very comfortable. I wear mine all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish I could wear mine all the time. <laughs> um, definitely love those. They go with anything UNC. So those are those. If I, they're close second runner up in my shoe collection with the fours. Yeah, and speaking, speaking of, of fours, speaking of four, at number, number two, two, we have the Air Jordan Retro Fours. Oh my! It's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful shoe. Such a beautiful shoe. That is literally when I got these shoes. When I tell you guys, I literally sat there and just stared at them for like a good five minutes because I was just admiring them. I mean, and they they feel like rocks on your feet. Have you ever worn fours before? I've never worn fours. Oh, before. they feel like rocks on your feet, but it doesn't it doesn't matter because they look good. They're I mean, beautiful. They're there's a heavy shoe, but I mean I love them. They're so comfortable, but those those yeah. Definitely one of my not favorites. For wear, not for not for playing basketball. Either. Definitely not. No, not a good basketball shoe, but a good streetwear shoe. Of course. And then at number one, we have. I feel like this is pretty obvious. Which one do we have, Andrew? Um, the off-white Jordan ones. Mm-hmm. Ste- staple, staple of a shoe. Beautiful, beautiful. What price are they at now? Twelve hundred. Ah, uh, more. More than twelve hundred. I know Roy Warren one time. He was yeah. That was that was a great. That was night. so iconic. When I saw that, I should give a little round of applause. Such an iconic guy. Yeah, they're looking at around two thousand dollars. It's a hefty price to pay for such a beautiful shoe. <laughs> but it is a beautiful shoe. Oh. One day, one day. One day, one day. Hopefully, I can wear a pair of those. Oh gosh, they're so pretty. Um, so that's our list of the UNC Jordans, and I think we can c- talk about the state game a little bit. I mean, that's oh, going on tomorrow. For the U- state game. But I can tell y'all one thing: as a student, why did no students get tickets? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I didn't get a ticket. For those of you who don't know, student-wise, they do something called a lottery. Everyone who wins the lottery gets two tickets, right? Yep. And, but, I feel like no one got tickets. Yeah, I I don't think I know anyone that got a ticket. Yeah, I mean I. I don't know what's going on there, but I, I know a lot of people are pissed because, I mean, this is a big game, and I think everyone wants to go, and they literally can't because there are, like, no student tickets given out. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of kind of uh, anomaly. Yeah, and I saw a tweet the other day. I forgot who tweeted it, but um, it was at the Boston College game. I mean, there's just so many open seats they could be giving to students, and they still keep restricting students so much, and it's definitely getting sort of frustrating. I think I think UNC as a university could do such a better job of including more students around the around the um like close seats to the basketball re- like gym. Yeah, they they have the risers which holds like 40 maybe. There's no reason our students should be sitting in the nosebleeds. Yeah, that's that's where if you don't get in the risers or the section right behind the risers you're in the nosebleeds. Like, you're all the way up at the top. I remember one time I was on row X. <laughs> X. <laughs> we could have, like, literally the best environment in college basketball, but our arena is, like, slightly too big. And, like, 
there's no no students seating around the gym. So, I I personally think what they should do is have the risers in the section behind it. I think they should do that on both sides. I think I think that's a start. Even I, I think we yeah. could fill like the fill like all the whole sideline. Yeah, with just students. I mean, it would help so much because I mean, yes, since we are on one side of the goal, whenever like the other team is playing on that side, it does help. But once they get to the other side of the goal. It's yeah. just regular fans. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fans are loud either way. But student section, I mean, B-Dad. Let me tell y'all. If y'all don't know who B-Dad is, he he stood up. He said, all right, y'all. Today, student section needs to go crazy. He was he was pump, pumped up. And he was making sure we were crazy. So, I love B-Dad for that. But I, 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 I think even he agrees. There should definitely be more seating. I, I think so. But going back into the NC State game, this one should be a classic in, in the Dean Smith Center. Um, Terquavion Smith coming in, averaging 19 points a game. I mean, he's a bucket, and he's playing a bunch of buckets against Carolina. This should be a, a clash. We It really is a must-win for Carolina, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely a must-win. Like I said, we got to keep the little brother in check. In check. Um, definitely going to be a good game, though. I feel like it's going to be a nail-biter. I mean, Carolina's coming down after this game on a really tough stretch where they're playing some of the, the ACC teams that are competing for the ACC championship. So any, win, any wins here would be really helpful. Yeah, so it, it is on our luck, though, that the first time we play them is in the Dean Dome. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely going to help either way. Students or not, because even the fans, I feel like, are going to be pretty electric because it's state. Um, of course. And speaking of rivals, Duke's already started their little tenting, their oh. tenting process. Every, oh, my. It's like blowing up on TikTok right now. And the way that everyone is so confused is <laughs> so funny to me. Because, I mean, for those of you who don't know, Duke students literally camp out from now until we play them, which we don't play them February? February 4th. February 4th, we play them. They already started. They sleep in tents every night just That's to get crazy. tickets to these this game because their stadium is so small. Do you see the test that they have to take? Yes, they have to take a, triver- a trivia test of, like, Duke history basketball. And I'm just like, what the, what is going on? It's like a cult. But, I mean. It's, they're so elitist, it's crazy. It is, it's so crazy. Like, it's not that, I mean, it is that deep, but, like, I liked Carolina. They, they actually took this policy away, but they used to have a policy where you are guaranteed at least one Duke game throughout your whole four years. They recently took it away, which really? I find... In- yeah, they took it away, so you can get it at any point now. Oh. Yeah, so that's interesting. But it used to be, you know, you would at least get one ticket, and, you know, most people would usually get it their senior year. Oh. But now, I'm pretty sure it's structured where anyone can get it because they just do the point system off the Carolina Fever and how many other athletics games you attend. That's Yeah, that's true. But I always liked how UNC did that because I mean at least you're you're still guaranteed one ticket I believe. I think I think you are too. But anyone can get it now. They don't really like. Make it not for con- seniors. Yeah, they don't make it only for seniors. So, but definitely gonna be a must watch tomorrow night. What time's game at eight? Uh, tomorrow night is at five. Five. Okay, so game time at five. Gonna be definitely a good game. Another good game tomorrow is Duke versus Miami. Oh, that yeah, that's definitely going to be a good one. This is where Duke, if they want to get up in those rankings, and they they really need this game. They need this game bad. So it's definitely going to be a good. What time is that game at? Um, I think that game is later. Okay. Well, it's definitely going to be a good night of college basketball either way. Hoping we can pull out this one from state, but hopefully we can get into the state game somehow. <laughs> yeah, me and Andrew are gonna have to sneak in some way through some side doors, something. Oh, but um, definitely gonna be a good game. 
super excited. Hopefully Caleb Love can show up and we can kind of give them a run for their money. Can I do one shout-out before we close out the show? Yes. Shout-out to Thomas Jefferson Middle School Girls Basketball for playing in the City County Championship. Shout-out Embry Kiever. She's going to win it all. For those of you who don't know, that's Andrew's sister. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Andrew's roommate actually asked us to shout-out oh, his yeah. brother his... as well. So go ahead and shout, shout him out. Shout-out Millie Scurry for hitting a game-winning three versus... <laughs> Uh, Salem. It was against Salem. Game so winning out, three. Shout out those two ladies. Apparently we cover high school and middle school basketball <laughs> now too. So, uh, but, uh, I think that's it for this week. We will definitely talk a lot about, I'm sh- the state game's going to be good either way. So definitely we'll talk about that a lot next week. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Have a great week guys.